Good morning and welcome to all of our The Leadership Challenge Middle East and Australasia community members, to future community members and also to guests of all of our community members. I'm Debbie and I welcome you here in my role of Certified Master for the Leadership Challenge methodology as a certified coach of the central instrument, the Leadership Practices Inventory, the LPI, and also with Business in Motion being a global training partner. In other words, it's easy to say that we're diehard fans, certainly have the Leadership Challenge as the cornerstone of my own life and also the life of Business in Motion. And I'd like to share more of its brilliance today with you. The title of today is From Adversity to Opportunity and in these corona times, these COVID times, really and truly there's no more pressing adversity than corona. So how can we bring adversity to opportunity and allow the Leadership Challenge Five Practices to continue to have major influence in the way we lead ourselves at this time. You know, history always repeats itself. Uh, For centuries, the human spirit has been knocked down and then bounced back up again. It's soldiered on through anything and everything to bigger and better times. Periods of turbulence, disruption, chaos, uncertainty, Sometimes man-made, sometimes nature gives it to us. One thing's for sure, it's not going to stop. But the good thing is history shows us that we've never yet permanently been knocked down by it. If we go back to the research of Jim and Barry, yeah, Jim and Barry, the co-authors of the Leadership Challenge, 35 years ago, asked one very simple question. What do we see in people when they are at their personal best? And all of the stories for those 35 years continue to show us that the space leaders prosper in is challenge. Challenge is a leader's context. And because leadership is everyone's job, it's everyone's job to get us through COVID right now. And so hence, as we're leading right now, each and every one of us, we're really mobilising others as an art to get others to struggle for shared aspirations. And I, I truly believe the shared aspiration of the world is for us to, to all come together, respect a little more, and to be able to serve in a collaborative, in a more collaborative and less competitive way. As you know, or as you may be studying right now, there are five very strong, very sound uh, practices. They have research behind them. And basically five practices, modeling the way, which is transforming values into action, inspiring a shared vision, transforming vision into reality, challenge the process, transforming obstacles into opportunity, enabling others to act, transforming separateness into solidarity, 
and encourage the heart, transforming risk into reward. And this podcast today is really tapping into that third practice, challenging the process, moving from obstacles into opportunity. And there's certainly no better time, no better living case study than now with COVID. And the six strategies that I will be presenting are strategies that Jim and Barry actually wrote about, amazingly, back in 2014. And when you look at what they created back then as strategies that fit within the five practices, they're still extremely relevant today. So strategy number one, broaden the context. So we as leaders are attempting to move from obstacles into opportunity. Let's broaden the context. We can get bogged down in what's in front of us right now. Loss of job impact on family. It's a hardship now. We might be having poor health and it might be impacting on others. That's hardship now. And another example might be that, you know, we're all facing boredom in our social isolation. Or maybe we could even translate that into a lack of contribution. And it's having an impact on mental health in the community. That's hardship now. Strategy one suggests to help move from obstacle into opportunity, broaden the context, broaden the picture, the framework beyond the now to the later. So if I took those three examples, so maybe we're not really talking about a virus where the immediate pain is that health issue, but the broader context, when we look at it as a world shift and an opportunity to recreate, it certainly gives us greater scope. When we look at um, the old example of Kodak, you know, their photography with using real film, the the immediate resistance was about the loss of a product, but the broader context that Kodak didn't see was the world becoming faster and requiring and demanding convenience. Had they been on that broader level context, they probably wouldn't have resisted the change. And you look at digital nomads, yeah, those that are decluttering their life and moving with freedom. Is that really what this is about? Or is there a broader context of the lack of trust in the systems of employment worldwide? So when we broaden the context, hidden opportunity can be revealed. What does that mean for me beyond today? It certainly means that there's something to discover that can take us into greater gain. Because any form of conflict is simply sending a message that something is trying to evolve. And the bigger picture is a statement of, it's a statement of evolution. We broaden because it allows more scope. So some wonderful questions that Jim and Barry posed for people who may be struggling or even wanting to broaden the context would be, what's the bigger picture here? How can we educate others about the larger context? 
How can we get people, this is my favourite, how can we get people to see that we're not any worse off than others were before us? Back in the Great Depression day, though they too had days of social isolation. And what can be done to frame what is happening and being done in ways that give people hope? So strategy one from Jim and Barry's book, From Adversity to Opportunity, strategy one, broaden the context. Let's get out of the details, the painful details, and into the possible gain of the opportunity. Leads us to strategy two, defy the verdict. It's a strong word, defy the verdict. In times of adversity, a leader's first responsibility is really to define reality. If we try to cover up things, our credibility will absolutely suffer. And Jim and Barry refer to research done by Pew, P-E-W, where they say that 85% of people who learnt reality, even with the negativity of the reality, they felt better for knowing that reality. So the first responsibility is to define reality. But then we move into strategy two. The second responsibility is to defy the verdict. And what that means is to choose to believe in possibility. So once we acknowledge the reality is negative, also accept that it's not your fate. It doesn't have to be your fate. Leaders choose to step up and set the tone. They shape the future, not because they were asked to, but because they're compelled to. When, when it's not our fate, but it's all around us, when the negativity is all around us, they see that it's a moment of calling to take the challenge head on, change the future up <coughs> before it changes them up. <coughs> So look at Corona, it's, it's in many places. Defy the verdict. Does that mean it will be where you are? No. Many people are fat fatally impacted. Defy the verdict. Does that mean that you will be next? No, it's not your fate. The economy is down. Defy the verdict. That means things will be tight. Does that mean they have to be incredibly tight for you? Not if you step up and if you set the tone and shape your own future and the future of those around you. Accepting a reality as your fate indicates you're giving away your power and it will determine your future. This podcast and Jim and Barry's wonderful book is really converting adversity into opportunity. Certainly won't find that with no power on your side. So some wonderful questions that you might take into your community, into your family, into your team at the moment. What's going on right now? What is the truth and what is rumour? What are we clear about and unclear about? 
What's possible? And where's the silver lining? Strategy three, to be able to move from adversity into opportunity. Jim and Barry have called it fully commit to what's important. So each great leader you think of, you know of, you lean into, always represents something meaningful. They have solid principles and aligned values and actions. They knew, or if they're living today, they know what's important to them. You look at Mandela, Mother Teresa, and even the Wright brothers. They're early adopters and creators of aviation. They knew what was important to them. Mother Teresa, my goodness, everybody deserved health, deserved respect and genuine care. Mandela, similarly, equality. So fully committing to what's important, when we know what matters most, then nothing can be a brick wall. Because when an obstacle comes and you know what matters most, allow it to show you how badly you want something. Allow it to drive you. And I think there's an amazing example right now in the UAE, which is where I'm currently based, because the UAE has has long extolled its belief in creativity, innovation through technology. It's a leader there. And yes, we can certainly say that their beliefs are absolutely helping us get through COVID. So remember the strategy is to fully commit to what's important. And when you know what matters most, it will get you through the adversity. So for example, within two days of hitting, I think it was level three of the COVID response, we now have a tracking, an IT-based tracking system that tracks individuals' movements through technology. And this particular app provides permission for us to move around. It provides the AI, the artificial intelligence that tracks those movements. And those movements are supported with an emergency messaging system through everyone's mobile phone. So the fact that innovation is so important to them, they just took it into IT, created these IT, this IT app, and now we are getting minute by minute updates from the government. Adversity into opportunity, yeah? Know what matters most and allow it to guide you through the adversity. Your priorities and your values, they will make the way for you. So some great questions again. Why are we doing what we're doing? What's the larger purpose? What are we really passionate about? And what important shared values can be emphasised now to keep us engaged? Strategy four, take charge of change. I love the words in the book. It says stuff happens in our lives. Sometimes we choose it and sometimes it chooses us. Aren't they great words? It also talks about, therefore, we need psychological hardiness. And I mean, that's something you can research yourself. 
but it really touches on commitment, control and challenge. And, you know, going back to the UAE's corona handling technique, taking charge of change, you know, foster a can-do attitude. Just adopt one step at a time. We want the numbers down one step at a time. We got communication strategies in place. We got rolling closures of public spaces came next. We then moved into different industries having different restrictions, step by step in a can-do attitude. Taking charge of change can also mean setting a goal, raising the bar so that people can stretch themselves. So having the resources, they build technologies. We have the infrastructure, they then built drive-through testing areas. And another way to take charge is to know what you're going to do. See it in your mind's eye. Play it out so that you know to the best of your ability what it could look like. This is sometimes called mental simulations. And it's based on the principle, all things are created twice. Authority saw it, then we made it. Yeah, so it's what we see and then what we create. So for strategy number four, take charge of change, here's some wonderful questions. Discuss those with you right now. What do we deeply want to have happen? What decisions and actions can we control? How can we positively influence the outcome? What actions can we take to create forward movement? What little things can we do to get moving in the right direction? And if we're going to fall, if we have to fall, how can we fall forward? And that means to achieve a sense of progress. So far, the book presents six strategies to move from adversity to opportunity. Strategy one, broaden the context. Strategy two, defy the verdict. Strategy three, fully commit to what's important. Strategy four, take charge of change. We're now up to strategy five, engage others. I'm sure we all now know, we've seen it for the last two, three, four weeks. Adversity, it's tough. We feel the emotional pain of loss of human connection. It's almost the same as the way we feel the physical pain from a broken bone. We feel with our bodies and our minds and social isolation and physical distancing. It's been tough, both emotionally and physically. And we always feel healthier in trying times when we get support of others, when we connect with others. So for example, what am I doing? My phone calls and Zoom calls and video calls. Oh my goodness, I'm making sure I have one of those every single day. And each of them lasts at least an hour. So we go into depth and we really forge all of that reconnection. We do feel healthier that way. It sort of shows signs that we're all in this together. And you hear 
such lovely stories and perspectives. I mean, I'm loving the fact that we're hearing there's so many great supports out there, people dropping care packages onto the front door of, of the elderly and those who are in isolation. There's community heart projects where people are only wanting to share positives. Some questions to consider about engaging others. So number one, first of all, find out who else is really affected. So when there's adversity in your workplace, in your community, in your family, who else is it affecting? How can we bring them in with us? How can we use this opportunity to strengthen the relationship with others? That means building partnerships. And who, to whom can we turn for caring support and wise counsel? How do we strengthen the sense that we're all in this together? And that's a natural flow on to strategy number six, show you care. So to turn adversity into opportunity, show that you care. There's some wonderful research. It's important to show that you care. And it's really quite significant. The research shows that when people are asked one question, specifically these words, do you need encouragement to perform at your personal best? Only 50% agree with that statement. But when the statement is tweaked, reworded, and these are the exact words, when you get encouragement, does it stimulate and sustain your performance? Nearly 100% are in agreement. The truth is we, we all need encouragement. It gives us hope in the thick of things to see positive images of the future. You know, especially when it's face-to-face -face encouragement, as I said, on the video calls, because seeing is believing. And there's one person who comes to mind, or probably a couple who come to mind. And for me, I always loved the encouragement, the genuine care that I would see in Michelle Obama and Barack Obama. You know, when Barack was speaking and Michelle was by his side, you could see it on their faces. You could hear his care and encouragement in when he was doing a speech, he always had like a pregnant pause and you felt it in their words and body languages. Showing that you care is personal and it's what people need to move from adversity to opportunity. Discuss with those around you. Here's a few questions. How can you make sure that people on your team or your family or your, in your community, know that you care about them. How can you share the sacrifices that people are being called on to make? How, are you, how can you be in the pain with them? And how do I keep myself and others enthused about what needs to be done right now? Fellow community members and guests, let's wrap this up. Those six strategies all fit within our wonderful five practices of exemplary leadership. 
Indeed, there's no shortage of challenges today and also indeed, there's no shortage of therefore opportunity to step up and assist. Right now, in the face of our current adversity, titles, positioning, it's secondary to action and support. Right now, leadership is what matters. Remember, we're here to struggle together, to connect emotionally and bring others forward into a state of hope. And right now, for each and every one of us, it's time to be bold, inspirational and intentional. As Jim and Barry say, without leadership, the world would not have evolved. We wouldn't have electricity. We wouldn't have had uh, computers and operating systems and smartphones. This moment in time will soon be our history. Are you ready to not only accept the challenge of moving us from adversity to opportunity, but to take it on? How are you being bold, inspirational and intentional for and with your family, your team and even your community in this time of COVID adversity? Are you stepping into the opportunity that exists?